Welcome to this week's podcast from Bethesda Church of God in Sumter, South Carolina. We hope you enjoy this inspiring message. For more information, check out our website at BethesdaCOG.org. I would like for you to let this choir, all the musicians, let them know that you really appreciate the great job that they do. I mean, it's just outstanding. I never cease to get tired of it, uh, or never cease to get amazed by it, and I never get tired of it. Uh, uh, the offertory was just, just absolutely so beautiful. Everything was great. Y'all just did a super job, and we're very, very thankful. Um, I do not take it for granted that, uh, uh, that God has blessed us with great music. And we want to continue to give God praise for all of that. Would you stand with me, please, and turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 24 and verse 44. Um, I didn't have any intentions of preaching in this crazy coat, to be honest with you, but I looked out and I said, well, I just fit right in, so uh, uh, I'm going to leave it on. Um, but I, I am extremely serious today if the, with this message. Um, Jesus Christ is coming soon. And I, I want you to remain standing after we read the text. But in Matthew chapter 24, verse 44, Therefore, be ye also ready. Everyone say ready. ready. For in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. And I hope that we are ready because Jesus Christ is coming to town. Now, one of the things that I learned when I was so young, I don't even know how old I was, when I learned a song that said, you better watch out, you better not cry, you better not pout, I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. And I, I'm going to just visit with you for just a moment. The shopping center near our house that uh, Santa Claus would go and have a place and, and you would follow the footsteps to Santa Claus and, and get to go and tell him what you wanted. And uh, I was all excited, couldn't hardly wait to go because I wanted to tell him what I wanted. And, and I was walking following the footsteps with my family and and they were playing this Christmas song. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better be good. I'm telling you why. Well, that, that didn't mess with me too much, but when it got to the part, he sees you. I was like, uh-oh. He knows when you've been bad or good. That one sold me. I remember putting the brakes on. I was with my aunt and my cousins. And I said, I don't want to go. And they said, why not? I said, I don't want to go. I wasn't about to confess why. But I did not want to go see Santa Claus because I figured if that dude knew all that I had done, it wasn't going to work. Today I'm preaching Jesus Christ is coming to town. 
and he is coming. He came like it was prophesied, and he's going to come again. Today, Julia, come up here. I want, I want my daughter to lead us in this song, and instead of Santa Claus, we're going we're, we're gonna to sing Jesus Christ, okay? And, and so I want you to sing it out, and when it gets to the part of Santa Claus, Jesus Christ is coming to town, okay? Now, wait a minute. Look over at your neighbor and say, I'm not going to be singing to you anyway, so don't, don't. Okay, here we go. Ready? Oh, you better watch, watch out. out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Jesus Christ is coming to town. He's making a list. He's making a list. He's checking it twice. You're going to find out who's naughty or nice. Santa Claus is coming to town. Jesus Christ. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good. So be good for goodness sake. Oh, you better watch out. You better not cry. You better not cry. I'm telling you. Jesus why. Christ, Jesus Christ is coming to town. Give yourself a hand. Give yourself a hand. All right. Amen. You may be seated. Wow, you did good. I wish I had a recording of that. Amen. There are prophecies that took place, and my goodness, I, I, could, I could stand up here a long time uh, declaring prophecies that took place of Jesus in the Old Testament that he would come. And uh, Brother Roger, if you'd put up the first scripture there that says in Genesis chapter 49, verse 10, the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come, and unto him shall the gathering of the people be. And so he, he came uh, out of the tribe of Judah. And this was prophesying way back in the book of Genesis that Jesus Christ was going to be coming. And then in Isaiah, if you'd put up the Isaiah chapter 9 scripture, for unto us a child is born. Isaiah got to see this in, in the spirit. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful. Now I, want, I want to point out a little something. Don't have time to go in depth on it. But if I today was to ask you what is his name, most people would say Jesus. But Isaiah, under the anointing of God, look at what God had him uh, declare. His name shall be called. Now, my, my daughter has a long name, Julia Ann Marie Sims Owens. She's got hyphens all through her name, okay? I want you to catch the name that God gave to his son, and his name shall be called, name, wonderful, counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. Aren't you glad that it was prophesied that he's coming? Amen. 
And then in Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And Emmanuel means God with us. So it was prophesied that he was going to come. Many, many, many years, decades ahead of time that he was going to come. Not just that he was coming, but what his name was going to be. And just like it was declared, it happened. Now, I wanted to set that because there are those here today that if you're not careful, you'll get so comfortable in life that you'll quit looking for the most important coming. See, he's coming back. He's coming back. He's not going to leave us in this, in this world of trouble. He's not going to leave us in this world of despair. He's not going to leave us in this world of sin. He's coming back, and you and I will get to go with him. But it's important that we make room for Jesus. Now, in Luke chapter 2, Verses 1 through 7, I think it's important that we read it. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made in Cyrenius, uh, when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judah, or Judea, uh, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. And here's the kicker, because there was no room for them in the inn. I must say today that I am afraid that there's a lot of folks that are leaving Jesus out. May, may I just give an observance of how many of the retail stores, and, and I want to encourage you to find the manager and complain, that are leaving Jesus out of their stores. You don't hear Christmas music in the stores like you were, like you used to. It, it, and, and I think that it's a crying shame in a world, in America, where we're one nation under God still, although there are those who are trying to take him out of our country. We need to be a vocal part of society and say, we want Jesus back in Christmas. Okay, now that's Make room for him. And you might say, well, I don't want to be tough like that. If you're spending your dollars there, they, they'll listen. Amen? Well, that's my little soapbox there. But during the Christmas season, most of you have already bought your gifts. 
You've decorated all the beautiful with beautiful lights for Christmas and uh, decorations. You've made Christmas cookies and cakes, and you've drank all the eggnog that you want. And, and uh, uh, but you cannot have Christmas unless you make room for Jesus. Are you with me? Uh, you can have the mistletoe, and you can already have kissed your wife, okay, or your husband. Uh, not someone else's wife or, or uh, you'd have to check what eggnog you were drinking if you did that. And uh, uh, you, you may have already kissed your girlfriend or your boyfriend or warmed yourself in a fireplace, but you still cannot have Christmas if you haven't made room for Christ. Come on. You might have traveled. You might have gone to a place that looked Christmassy and, and got a little bit of the Christmas spirit because they had the, the, the lights and the decorations and, 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 and the music. But if you have not included Jesus in your life and not made room for him, you cannot really experience Christmas. Now, there's nothing wrong with all the things that I've named. There's nothing wrong with celebrating that way. And as you can see today, and if you've been around here any length of time, you know that Pastor Al Sims likes to celebrate Jesus's birthday. And, and I think it's wonderful how we're doing it today, that we're festive and we're enjoying life together. But we can have the food, we can have the lights, we can have the games and the activities and the giveaways that we're going to do in just a little while. But we still may not have Jesus in his proper place in our life. And, and he's still standing at the door of some people's heart and knocking. And, and some people haven't yet opened up the door to give him room in their heart. I just want to tell you today, you can't experience Christmas without Christ. Now, what is, why do we have uh, Jesus as the focal point of Christmas? Well, I am just really, 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 really glad that we make Jesus Christ the focal point of Christmas. Now, Santa Claus, we, we'll see white bearded guy Overweight, with a red suit on, and, and, and we talk about that. But I just want to tell you, Santa Claus never died on the cross of Calvary for me. Santa Claus never bore stripes on his back that I could be healed. Santa Claus doesn't help me at 3 o'clock in the morning when I need someone to be there. I want to tell you, Jesus is the focal point, and I want to make room for him because I need him. As the songwriter said, I need thee. I, every hour, I need thee. See, the reason why Jesus Christ should be the focal point is because in this holiday season, we're celebrating a Savior. Now, we choose in America, December the 25th. And, and I've studied this out, and many of you probably studied it out. And more than likely, Jesus was not born on December the 25th. 
and, and I could go into what month I, I personally think he was born in June. But now you can believe whatever you want. If God would have wanted us to know what exact month, he would have put that in the book. But what he did make is the most important part is that Jesus was born. And he was born of a virgin. See, what separates our Savior from every other is that he was the God-man. He was God with us, Emmanuel. And he was born of a virgin. See, it was important for us to realize that over 2,000 years ago, Jesus was born in the city of Bethlehem. When he was born, he was not born in a hospital like most of us, but he was born in a stable, in a manger, where all the animals slept because the scripture says there was no room for them. Mary, Joseph, and the newborn baby Jesus, there was no room there. Just think about it. The Son of God that took off his, uh, his priestly robe, took off the glory that he had before the foundation of the world. He took it off. It makes me cry, makes me tear up every time I go to talk about this. That Almighty God and his son Jesus Christ came up with a plan for people like you and me that were worthless, no good, dirty, sinful. People who did not deserve anything good. And they said, I'm going to go down. I'm going to take off my priestly robe and, and I am going to give my life so that those who are sinful, those who have no worth, can have life and have it more abundantly. It couldn't happen, God help us right now. It couldn't happen with a mortal man. It couldn't happen with goats and, and bulls and, and turtle doves being sacrificed. It took a spotless lamb. It took the lamb of God. It took Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. All precious is the flow. That makes me white as snow. No other fount I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. I want to make room for him. I want to make room for him. See, in John chapter 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, Jesus Christ, and the Word was God, and the Word, or, uh, and the word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. In Galatians chapter 4, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son made of a woman, made under the law. And then for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And because Jesus was born of a virgin, by the power of the Holy Ghost, he was born. He was born with a sinless 
nature. The Bible says he knew no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. He was the perfect lamb. He was the perfect sacrifice. And then the Bible says, greater love hath no man than this, that a man would lay down his life for his friends. I want you to get a picture here. I want you to see Jesus in the garden. And he is praying in agony. When we went to the Holy Land, we, we got to go to the area of Jesus' agony. That garden is still there. I want you to get this in your mind. Here is Jesus praying until his sweat becomes his great drops of blood. And he is saying, Father, if there is any way, let this cup pass from me. If there's any way, dear God, for me to get out of this, let it pass. Now that was the man's side of Jesus. Jesus knew what was getting ready to happen. Jesus knew that it was going to be a hideous death. Jesus knew it was going to be a painful death. But then the God part of him reached through all the pain and he said, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. When he got up from there, he went to the cross. When he got up from there, no man took his life. He laid down his life for his friends. You and I are the friends of God. He wants to be friends with you. Will you open the door? Will you open the door and let him come in? Hallelujah. Because Jesus was born without sin, he is rightfully called the Son of God. He is rightfully called the Son of the Most High God. He is rightfully called the Bread of Life. He is rightfully called the Good Shepherd. He is rightfully called the Light of the World. He is rightfully called the Living Word of God. He is rightfully called the Resurrection and the Life. He is rightfully called the Water of Life. He is rightfully called the Savior of the World. He is rightfully called the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We're serving a great God. Hallelujah. 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 He doesn't have to back off. He doesn't have to tuck his head. He's a spotless lamb. He can rightfully be called all of those things. But because, but because he was born without sin, listen, because he was born without sin, he is able to heal the sick. He is able to lift you up when you are down. He is able to give sight to the blind. He is able to make the deaf hear again. I wish someone, if you're sick in your body right now, that you would believe. Open up your heart and say, I believe Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world, the healer of mankind. I'm accepting my healing right now as Pastor Sims is preaching. Because he was born without sin, he is able to make the cripple walk.
He is able to calm the storms of your life. He is able to walk on water. He is able to raise the dead back to life again. He is able to feed 5,000 with two fish and five loaves of bread. He's able to supply all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He's rightfully the son of the living God. When you make room for Jesus, you will have peace. When you make room for Jesus, you will have joy. When you make room for Jesus, you will have everlasting love. When you make room for Jesus, you will have mercy. When you make room for Jesus, you will have victory. When you have room, make room for Jesus, you will have eternal life. When you make room for Jesus, you will have salvation. On Monday, you'll be blessed. On Tuesday, you'll be blessed. On Wednesday, you'll be blessed. On Thursday, you'll be blessed. On Friday, you'll be blessed. On Saturday, you'll be blessed. On Sunday, you'll come shouting the glory of God because you're blessed and highly favored. I've opened up my heart. I've let him come in and I'm letting him do what he wants to do in my life. Hallelujah. 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 Glory. Glory, 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 glory. He is what Christmas is about. And I'm glad I know him. And I'm glad that he's my friend. I'm glad that I let him come in. Go ahead, worship him. You go ahead and worship him. Someone may be sitting here today and say, wow, you're getting excited. I'm not getting, I'm just expressing. I've been excited. <laughs> I've been excited ever since I knelt at an old-fashioned altar and asked Jesus Christ to forgive me of my sins and he accepted my petition. I let him come in and I've been excited ever since. Is there anyone else excited that you know Jesus Christ in the full pardon of your sins? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the last point is this, and you can calm down, unless the Lord's doing something extra super duper duper. The last point's not as long as the second one. He will come again. Some weeks back I showed you a picture of the Eastern Gate in Jerusalem. The Eastern Gate in Jerusalem has been blocked up by the Muslims. Now I'm not trying to attack Muslims, I'm just stating some facts here, okay? 
See, there's a prophecy that Jesus Christ is going to come back. He's going to touch down on the Mount of Olives. When, yeah, go ahead, Brother Roger's right on it. There it is. Man, give Brother Roger a big hand. I just threw that one in. Now, that picture is probably taken from near the Mount of Olives. The Bible says Jesus is going to put his foot down. And that mountain... See, it's one thing when Jesus came as the God-man. This time he's coming back as the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. This time when he comes back, that Mount of Olives has already had Jesus walk on it before. He's already put his feet on the Mount of Olives before. But this time, when he comes back, he's coming back as the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's coming back, not as the lamb slain from the foundation of the world, but as the overcoming lion of the tribe of Judah. Listen to me. When his foot touches that mountain, the Bible says that mountain's not going to be able to handle the power that it feels and it's going to start separating. There's going to be a big split. It's going to divide that mountain. The power of Almighty God through Jesus Christ is going to split that mountain in two. Now, the Muslims know the scripture and they know the prophecy that Jesus is supposed to ride through that gate so years ago they said we're going to block it up he won't ride through that gate now, I want you to understand where there are some Christians that don't believe prophecy. Here's the Muslims that do believe it. Now, listen to the rest of this. I'm just about done. The foolish part of it is, Brother Cecil, is that they hadn't done anything to the mountain. Because if his foot touching that mountain will cause that mountain to divide in two. What in the world when he comes riding up to that gate? Look here. We're talking about the power of the Son of God that spoke to the sea and said, Peace, be still. And the waves calmed down and the wind quit blowing. We're talking nothing new where God made a way where there wasn't a way. 
way back at Jericho when the walls just came tumbling down. Don't tell me that by the time Jesus arrives at that gate, all he's got to do is say, open says me. And, and I believe at that point, we're going to see the glory of the almighty God and the prophecy fulfilled. Now here's the end. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 7, I want to read that to you. This know, that all, this know also that in the last days, everyone say last days, perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection. Do I need to go further in that one? Truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers' lust, ever learning but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now, I'm going to elaborate this much on that. I've pastored for a long time. What's amazing to me, more and more and more am I hearing people that are believing the common theological lies of our day. They're hearing what commentators have written instead of what thus saith the word of God. That's why, that's why people are ever learning but aren't coming to the knowledge of the truth. I have to talk to people about things that are basic, fundamental in the word, yet still their argument is, that's not what my preacher told me. I just want to tell you, preachers can send you to hell as well as heaven. I, I feel like I need to say that again. Preachers can send you to hell as quick as they can send you to heaven. You might say, no one sends me to heaven or hell. I'm telling you, there's a lot of preachers that are preaching junk and, and they're going to stand before God one day. But I'm just here today to tell you that if I'm going to argue with you, we're going to have to argue about what does this book say because Jesus Christ is coming to town. And the only thing that we're going to be judged by is not what the church of God teaches, not what the Baptist teaches, not what the Methodist teaches, not what independent teaches. We're going to be judged by what the word of God says.
We've got people who are constantly, continually wanting to argue stupid stuff. Come on. If people talked about Jesus Christ and him crucified half as much as they talk about nitpicky stuff. Stuff that's not going to make a hill of beans difference in eternity. I promise you, Brother Cecil, when you stand before Almighty God, He's not going to test you on genealogies. He's not going to test you on Church of God doctrine. Can you tell me what Article 12 of our Declaration of Faith? Oh, you don't know that? Boom, you go to hell. Uh uh. He's going to look in the book and he's going to see if your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. (laughs) And when he sees Cecil Browder's name, he's going to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many. One last scripture, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. I've asked the ushers to give every person a little piece of paper. There's ink pens on the altar if you don't have an ink pen. Some of us have had horrible lives. Bear with me. There are things that are in my mind that will go with me to my grave. I've counseled with people for all of my ministry. I've seen people that what they grew up in, how their mama and daddy treated them, the travesties that were committed against them by an uncle or a grandparent. Horrible divorces, life-shattering events. And I, I, I just want to tell you, I've given encouragement and I've given help. Brother David, there's some of the times that All I can do is say, Holy Spirit, please help them because I don't know what they're feeling. They have to be feeling terrible. It's real easy for someone to say, oh, just get over it. They didn't have it happen to them. There's been people, some of you under the sound of my voice, you've picked up habits. You didn't mean to pick them up and get bound by them, but you got bound by it. And it hinders you. 
It hinders your prayer life. It hinders you. Some of you are closet addicts. Don't get quiet on me now. But why not let it be that that was then and I'm not going to carry it into 2020. In fact, I'm not going to carry it over to the fellowship hall. I'm going to carry it to the altar and I'm going to leave it there. So here's what I'm asking you to do. I want those that are going to help me. We've got paper shredders here. So I, I want you to write what you want to leave. I want you to write the junk. Look here. There's some of you that are facing illnesses, illness after illness after illness. I, I want you to put that and bring that and say, in the name of Jesus Christ, I'm going to have prosperity in my health. In the name of Jesus Christ, I, I'm going to be done with the negatives and I'm going to bring in the positive. So I'm going to ask every person to stand. I'm going to get rid of the hindrances according to Hebrews chapter 12. I'm going to get rid of the failures. I'm going to get rid of the hurts. I'm going to get rid of the habits. I'm going to get rid of the sins. I'm going to get rid of the bad 2019. I'm going to get rid of the bad life. Now hear, hear this. How some people and what the devil wants you to do is to get rid of the bad life. Bam! Or take pills and he, think, he tells you that's how to get rid of it. I'm offering you life and that more abundantly through Jesus Christ and all that you have to do is say, I'm bringing my problem. And here's what Jesus said. Casting all your care upon him for he careth for you. He said, take my yoke upon you for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Are you ready to give it to him? Some of you here today aren't Christians. You know you're not right with God. I need you to just simply say, dear God, please forgive me. And as an act of faith, I just want you to come. I want you to put the piece of paper. Now, listen to me. You might say, we've done stuff like this before. We've nailed it due to cross. I, I know that. This isn't new. 
this is why I'm doing it today. I want you to get it in your mind that Jesus said he would take your sin and your wrong and he would cast it as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered against you again. Father God, we're going to prayer right now. We're making room for Jesus because we've cluttered up our lives with junk. We've cluttered up our lives with hurt and we've cluttered up our lives with our past. And we've been so self-consumed on our problems that we've not been able to even enjoy you, Jesus. But today, we're making room for you. Lord, if there's anyone who isn't a Christian, help them right now to say, please forgive me of all of my sins. Come into my heart and change my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Now here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I know it's going to be a little chaotic, but I'm just going to ask you if you would just make your way out and I want you to put the paper down in the little slot there and let this be a new beginning day. We're going to end 2019 on a high note. Jesus Christ is coming to town. Yes, yes, yes. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. Be worshipful while you're doing that. I know you're going to have to wait just a little bit to do it. That's okay. Just worship him as you're bringing it. Worship him and say, Lord, I really mean it. This is the last day that I tote this burden. This is the last day I tote my problem. This is the last day that I have this situation ruling my life. In Jesus' name. He is opening up my door to you. Come in, Jesus. Come in, Jesus. Come in, Jesus. He
Praise God. Come on, worship him. Worship him, saints. Come on. Hallelujah. I will bless his name. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope that you were inspired to live a life of purpose for Jesus Christ. For more information, check out our website at BethesdaCOG.org. God bless.